It says that we're on on here. Uh, Discord says we're live. Okay, if, if Discord says we're live, then we're live. I don't even know if I'm speaking into the right camera, am I? Or the right mic? Hello? I think I am. <laughs> but um, this is the 30th episode of Sports Goose. Seems like it. Yeah, so I'm um, here with Andrew and Charles. And uh, we've got... Uh, Yeah, and we actually have our our gaming setup right right back here, so uh, we're 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 finally entering the the pantheon of of good YouTubers <laughs> or whatever. So as as I've said a few times on the Discord, um, but I guess I'll I'll say it here as well. Um, the original intent for our show was to be playing video games while we discussed, but Francisco's poor little computer couldn't handle... No, it could not. It, could, it couldn't handle running an emulator as well as running the show, so we had to wait until we got a capture card or something to uh, to do it, and he got the Elgato yep. capture card. Yep. Refurbished on Amazon works like a charm he got it not too long ago and as a result we are now able to fulfill our original mission all right so we're gonna play ncaa football 2005 nice okay we'll start with uh an oldie but uh, uh i think it'll be i think it'll work for us unless the wii u explodes but <laughs> uh, but maybe nintendo's updates will work okay, let's play. Come on. ea sports it's in the game EA Sports. What stadium is that? Uh, looks like a baseball stadium. Football. Uh, it's an East-West game from, I'm assuming, 2004 Four. or three, one of those two. Or maybe it's, did the call drop? The call drop? Maybe. Okay, his call drop. All right, but we're still on. Um, all right. Can you just run it? If you run it through your phone, I can take care of the social all media right. stuff. Well, uh, we'll just call Andrew or, or Charles on, on, on one of the phones here. Actually, I have another phone here. Let's try and use this one. Anyways, oh, there's Larry Fitzgerald, by the way, everybody. He's uh, joining us right here. Hold on. Anyways, let's put this on. Here's Sports Goose with uh, a lot of things to talk about, to be honest. I kind of wanted to run this like, okay, instead of going topic by topic. Uh, echo, like, echo. <laughs> yeah. Um, we will, like, we'll pick a topic because I think we all have something that we really want to talk about and then... We'll go from there, and then we'll sprinkle in our, our segments from there. We have uh, FIU, the one school that we all... That's the one common denominator. Right, for all of us. So that's our, our school of choice in this game. Where, um... So I know you went to FSU for undergrad. Yeah. Charles, where did you go to undergrad? Is he on? I don't think he's on. Hold on. If anyone's listening, we apologize. We're call dropped. This is a brand new thing for us, a brand new setup. So we're still work. We were 
This is actually the first time we're actually calling. This is the first Hold time on, I have an idea. The, the video is fine. I'm pulling out the laptop. You're, what? No, I can get them on here, but... I know, but it's just, it seems like it's easier to have, um, well... You know what, I'm just gonna call them straight up. Right here. Anyways, uh, I think you can set up this game. You can set up the game if you want. Alright. Wait, we lost everything on the stream. Don't worry, it's popping up, don't worry. Is that better? I would think so. Alright, let's just wait for BU. Thumbs up. All Thumbs right. yeah, there we go. Yeah, the college football game was going crazy. Historic rosters. She create a school? Look at all these features that are no oh, longer yeah. like Madden and stuff though. It's crazy. No, absolutely. And NBA two K nineteen added frickin' commercials to their loading screens. Listen, I pay three bucks for it, so as far as I'm concerned. It's okay with me. You're basically almost playing a free-to-play game. Pretty much, you know, for all intents and purposes. Because it's never going to be that cheap, even after it goes, for the next couple of years iterations. You'll have to wait till like, 2K23 comes out to get a game that's four years older for three bucks. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, but, okay, so the Rays are moving. Well, they're kind not of. moving, but they're, they're considering Major League Baseball has given the, the permission to be a split city team, which is, you know, it used to happen in the NBA and things like that a long time ago, but it's crazy to think about nowadays. And Andrew, you are very angry. Uh, According to your post on the Discord. Yeah, it's it's the beginning of the end for the Rays, I'm fairly sure. Uh, for the Rays in Tampa, I will, I will clarify. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, as, as I said in the Discord, they have Stu Sternberg, the president, and um, what's the rest of the management team have not really been negotiating in good faith. Uh, as I, I know this is all stuff that I said already in the Discord, but um, what is it? The, they were planning on building a $1 billion stadium in Ybor City, which is a, a, uh, a, su- a suburb of Tampa. And they said, all right, we'll only pay $150 million. You, the city and county, have to chip in the remaining $750 million. Um, this shared city arrangement kind of doesn't work when the cities aren't even the same country. Um, yeah, it's it's plain and simple. They're put, they're pitting two cities against each other um, to see who wants them more. It's it's such a blatantly really you're putting UCF against the 1999 well, Seminoles. Well, we could put them at even play. All right. I just want the roster of the Seminoles. That's fine. Fantastic, great. Jose. <laughs> I think we can. If not, this is going to be really fun. And look, you've beaten me with better teams. That's true. With, with worse teams because I suck at these games. Yeah. Yay, Citrus Bowl. Um, so, yeah, it's... UCF Stadium, <laughs> So, it's... They're being really bad about this um they obviously it's plainly obvious that they do not want to stay in the tampa bay area anymore um honestly at this point as much as a Rays fan as i am if they're gonna keep doing this to us i say just get the hell out of tampa we don't want you yeah you guys will be fine with uh the Lightning we got and the, the light- Bucks, and then in Orlando, have the Magic. Oh, and get this. So, Sternberg said that we c- this can't be sustained if we can't get the popularity of the team up. Uh, if we don't get the city's support, or like it's not a supportive city. Right. Look at what the Lightning are able to get. Yeah, and that's a hockey team <laughs> and in that's, Florida. That's freaking well, hockey. Of course, they built the team up, and Iserman, and, and of course, uh, Vinick, the owner. Freaking, uh, let's see, let's go with. If. Oh, okay. Um, if you. Tampa's the kind of city, it seems, where if you put in the effort to actually be a good neighbor or a good member of the community, we'll give it back to you. And look. It, they're more than willing to kick in some money to build a stadium 
but you can't expect a city to pay three quarters of a billion dollars and you only put in 115 uh, 150 million of that it's Oh, it's <laughs> it's just not it's so fair to the city. Yeah, no, it's awful. And yet he's still blaming the he, city. It's like they the city met them halfway. They said we'll pay five hundred million dollars. Five hundred million dollars is the price, more or less, of of Marlin's Park. No. Uh, yeah, pretty comparable. So. <laughs> We were willing. <laughs> yeah, I love. You don't need no man. <laughs> we were willing to pay the price of a stadium <laughs> to come halfway, but no, that was not enough for the race. That was not enough for Stuart Sternberg. So if they're gonna keep pulling that crap, I just say leave. We don't need you. Um. Which I hate saying because, you know, I, I'm a Rays fan. I have been for quite a while. Uh, since like 2008. Um, yeah, I know that's the year they went to the World Series. Fine. But it was around that year that I decided to consolidate my fandoms to the Orlampa area. Um, Down I-4. Exactly. So... Rays, Lightning, um, well, except for the Bucks. Except for the Bucks, um, I don't really care much about. Well, whatever. Uh, yes, damn. Um, it's gonna be hard for me to keep on topic while I'm trying to play. That's the tough part, but that's something we gotta relearn. Um. Uh, so, yeah, I guess, so you can be, yes, thank you, BU. Um, that no, was that's... actually, that was actually, um, it's, it's been suggested many times for other cities. I kind of have like a, like a temp, like a Green Bay Packers arrangement. Get, ah, nice. Um, hold on, I need to... What's the start button on this thing? The uh, don't press the middle button. That's for sure, or else everything goes away. It's this button. button. Yeah. I just want to see what the. It, you know, it's gonna be funny if this if they do this Montreal Tampa arrangement. I would love to see, uh, like, if they have like Rays slash Expos night mm-hmm. every time like the Lightning face the Canadians up in Montreal, and then they do one. A different one when the Canadians come down to uh, face the Lightning. Right. That would be really weird. Well, to that they point... they usually have a baseball night. Like, we went to Marlins night, you know? And then no threat of them moving away. Yeah, it's... The Rexpos, or, or some people have said the X-Spos. Right. I also saw... the X being emphasized. Someone also said the Berets. Or the X-Rays, the X-Rays. Someone also said the Berets, like the hat. Beret. Oh, why? Because it's a French province, okay. Quebec. And it's beret, ray. Oh, get it? <laughs> ah. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see how it plays the out. Montparexpos. <laughs> Montparexpos. I like it. Or just put rays, but whatever rays is in French. Yes. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, it's awful. I don't like it. And I think Major League Baseball really wants... It's almost like how... It's almost the same thing that happened to the Expos when they had the split yeah. with, with Puerto Rico. For those who don't so remember, the, yeah. it was like in 03 and 04. Yep, both those seasons. Um, the Expos split time between Montreal and somewhere in Puerto Rico. San, San Juan. Um, the capital. At, at Hiram Bithorn. I'm probably mispronouncing Hir- that. Hiram Bithorn. Thank you. Um Um, sorry, Dad. I'm no longer in the. <laughs> <laughs> the Monta Rexpos. I like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much more for me to say. I, I just think it's 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 basically Major League Baseball doing the same thing again with, to force the Rays up to Montreal, where they know there's a fan base mm-hmm. ready to go. Uh, they've you know they've. They've had several exhibition games that the Blue Jays have played during spring training mm-hmm. that have been sellouts. Yep. But look, the Expos were, you know, they had a lot of good teams. Just Major League Baseball's playoff format didn't allow them to get in. Right. You know, and then when they finally had a, the best team that they ever had, the season gets freaking canceled at the end. And... Even in 2003, they had a competitive team, but Major League Baseball—how does the quarterback just? I, I don't know how to move the quarterback <laughs> out of that. I don't know what button to press. He was just kind of sidestepping the whole way. Uh, gosh darn it! I still haven't seen uh, John Boyce's punt video. Oh, oh my God! Saddest you need punt. to. I okay. swear. So I have to watch you need that. to. Um, but, I don't even know if I did this right. And I did not do this right. <laughs> and yet, you still caught it. Um, it's just, it's it's all purposeful. I think this is all purposeful. I think they're like, okay, we already, people keep saying, oh, you know, baseball is not going to work in Florida, blah, 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 blah. You already have a, a team in Miami that's sucking. And, I, I... And, that is such a stupid argument. I know it is, but it is what it is. And maybe baseball's like, we don't really need to to baseball teams in Florida. And I'm not even... It might be a, a marketing thing as well, because I don't know if Montreal, like, or even just Quebec mm-hmm. in general, I think they have a larger population than the Tampa area. Maybe. Maybe. So they might be just the dollar signs of baseball, Hey. And they could always do, uh, you know, a uh, they could always pull a Charlotte Hornets and say, okay, well, the Rays never the the Tampa team existed for a bit, then folded, and the Montreal team was resurrected out of suspension or something like that. And then the Nationals would just be something weird. Mm-hmm. They could always do an arrangement like that, just to just to get the history right, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, Charles, you're a Yankees fan, so of course your team's never gonna move. No, we're we're gonna be okay. It's alright. <laughs> yeah, you guys, gonna, uh, and you fu- you guys are finally getting healthy, so that's another thing. Yeah, this is how I'm looking at it. Us and the Red Sox were just too damn good for Tampa to even thrive, so we personally just paid for your funeral services. You know, uh, it's, it's disgusting. I know, but no, I mean to input a little bit about it because I really have no dog in the fight. But all I gotta say is that we talked about it in the group chat last week. 
nostalgia sells a lot more than the current product. Oh, I didn't and realize you were there, punching whoops. Oh, uh, that was a terrible thing. Uh, okay. So, you know, oh. maybe, maybe it's a good thing for baseball. You don't know. It's bad for the Rays fans, but we talked about the Rays didn't really accomplish much to make you kind of cry about it. One World Series appearance and the ALCS. So, not a lot of people are going to shed tears over it. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of sad. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe something works out, but I don't think so. I think baseball really wants Montreal again. All right, so uh, next topic, guys. Uh, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I was gonna talk. Well, I was gonna talk about Roberto Luongo. To be By honest. All means. Uh, so if nobody... Since we're talking about things being gone into the wind. Yeah, gone. let's start with all the sad topics, then we'll get happy towards the end. Mm. The uh, Florida Panthers goaltender, Roberto Luongo, uh, third winningest goaltender in NHL history, uh, <laughs> has announced his retirement. He's almost 40. He had uh, hip surgery, like... That's just awful for a goaltender. He said in his uh, his final statement that it was taking him like two hours before practice and before a game just to get ready physically. Mm-hmm. And that it was just like his body was talking to him and he just couldn't do it anymore. And touchdown Seminoles. Okay. And I, I kind of wanted him to... like I, It's sad seeing an athlete that's really good go out awfully mm-hmm. like where they're just a shell of themselves now mind you Luongo had an I would say by his standards an average season I believe that's spelled Lolongo or Lolong Lol- well if you follow Longo. if you follow his Twitter account yes he's an LOL Longo that's for sure because he is funny um but how is he not verified yet he because his whole thing at the beginning was that nobody knew who that account holder was, but everyone suddenly suspected that it was Luongo. But then uh, I think he's just kept it that way, mm-hmm. you know, and it's better that way. Well, oh, whoops, I took too long. <laughs> <laughs> um, we all know it's him. Mm-hmm. Regardless, one of the probably the best class acts in hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole thing after the Parkland incident was that uh, would. That was the Panthers. Um, this we, is our fucking city. Yeah, speech. Yeah, the like David Ortiz gave like. Um, that was where Luongo and the Panthers solidified themselves in South Florida. So, um, we just need the Stanley Cup to kind of seal the deal. Nineteen years is going to lead most people to be a shell of themselves yeah but and plus it's goalie i mean that's a t- that's probably the toughest position people give uh the same example like when willie mays played for the new york mets it was just awful mm. but uh and i think i did this wrong too whoops <laughs> don't touch it thank you um <laughs> i'm kind of melancholy about it like i knew it was coming towards the end but mm. i was hoping like there's of course the huge plot play that the Panthers are trying to do with uh, signing uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, mm-hmm. the biggest uh, free agent. Do you agent. think that's actually going to work? I hope so. I think he wants to be here. He already like he already lives here, I think, on the off-season or something, or at least vacations mm-hmm. here a lot. 
So, uh, and I hope they get him. Like, uh, he finally had a good playoff run mm-hmm. with the Jackets this season and this past season. And um, uh, Lu- Okay, Luongo not being there, a lot of money comes off the books because mm-hmm. he still had that massive contract that he signed with the Canucks yeah. a, that, a long time ago. So a lot of money comes off the books so the Panthers can now have the flexibility to sign both Bobrovsky and uh, and Antemi Panarin, right? The biggest forward uh, that's in the free agent class right now. I don't know if he'll sign. The New York Rangers are really courting him right now. But if we get both, or we just need Bobrovsky. He's the number one. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I was kind of hoping for an arrangement of Bobrovsky as the, the main lead goaltender, right. and you having a Hall of Famer as your backup. Now, an old Hall of Famer, but a Hall of Famer who, on any given night, is, at worst, an average goaltender in the league. Right. And, at best, you know, he could have, uh, like like Dwayne Wade, a flash of brilliance, where Dwayne Wade scored, like, 30 in a night or whatever. Like, Luongo can, can steal a game mm-hmm. every once in a while, but he's fewer and farther between, uh, especially last season. That was my arrangement, but regardless, I'm kind of melancholy about it and I'll get over it but now we've lost here Dwayne Wade which is the bigger one of course mm-hmm. and Luongo so it's just the end of an era for, for the Panthers and the Heat hockey in general wait the Heat well the Heat for the for Dwayne Wade oh uh, but like in the South Florida sense because the Panthers have never been really good mm-hmm. it's not people it's not as big of a deal as it would be if he had stayed in Vancouver and retired you know um, that's all my thoughts. I don't know if anybody else wants to add anything. Yeah, damn. But I don't know. Also, UD. What does that mean? Well, you you don't have them, but I oh. think he's coming back. He, I mean, it's, it's he's like gonna get paid two Jawan million Howard. dollars to sit at the end of the bench. <laughs> he's, doing the, he's doing Jawan Howard thing. Yeah, he, he's a glorified the assistant coach. But he, he, he's getting paid more to sit on the bench and be an assistant coach than he would be an actual assistant coach. Mm-hmm. So why not? I, I'd sit on the bench for $2, $2 million. It's like, <laughs> yeah, go guys. I'll wave my towel very menacingly. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's just the end of an era, I guess. Um, you know, I mean, Charles, you went through that when uh, uh, our Marlins great Derek Jeter retired, I'm assuming, and, which today is his birthday, so... Oh, that's right. It is his birthday. Come on, you gotta catch So, happy birthday to Derek Jeter. Uh, You are doing a great job with the Marlins. Don't don't listen to what anybody says. And uh, it is... The proof is in the the minors. And our our third best starting rotation, I think. We have the third best ERA in baseball. Something, I guess. Yeah, it's something crazy like that. So, happy birthday to Derek Jeter. All right. Other topic, guys. Shit, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, I'm, I hate these controls. <laughs> um, I guess NBA draft, right, Charles? Yeah. I know yeah, Andrew I, might, you know. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to actually pay attention he's gonna, here. He's going to pay attention <laughs> and get out of this third and 25 here. Uh, okay. All right. So, big, big takeaway, Charles. What, what, what's going on? Well, for, for those who oh, are yes. kind of lacking in the knowledge of the NBA draft, I'll 
really the first 12 picks really matter. Everything else is either you're taking a stab in the dark to see if you hit something good, right. finding a diamond or rough, or you're just looking for somebody who's really a trade asset to slit out and use as a that, to find something That or better. just like a, a young role player. Mm-hmm. Which is who the Miami Heat, I think, drafted. But right. Since, let's drop on that before we attack everything else. You know, Francisco and I are Heat fans. We are replacing Dwayne Wade, and Tyler Harrow does not get my. Uh, he my, does not my, replace my Dwayne Wade any whatsoever. He's a specialist. No. no. Yeah. No, it, it did not. Uh, it did not do that. I mean, if I anything, if anything, he, he's replacing Wayne Ellington. That's actually the closest thing. It's either replacing Ellington or replacing Dion if we can trade Dion at the offseason. Right. Um, because that's expected. I mean, we don't have a lot of draft capital uh, to work with. There's some talks about wanting to get Jimmy Butler. We can comment that in a moment. Um, but really, we're just kind of building up. Because here's the thing. In the Why NFL, you have, to you have the, the draft, you have the seven round, first three rounds, you have the placement players and starters. In the NBA, I'll you can have a whole draft. I'll pick a different team out. next time. Thank you. Yeah. And getting Tyler Harrow, you just knew Riley was going to do it because with Harrow, a seasoned guy who's played in college. From Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. From Kentucky. You know, he loves those kind of guys. But a lot of my friends kind of hated the pick. I didn't agree with the pick because I just don't see him really playing in his rookie year that much because you got to think of who he's going to be backing up. Uh, Dion slash Richardson, if they're doing a combo guard for situation, maybe he'll come in and play a little bit. But um, maybe in the second year, third year, he gets there and he gets some prospect, gets some talent. But he, if anything, just might be a trade asset in like a year or so. But you look at the list, they picked, what, uh, 15, 16, something around that nature. Um who was there that really kind of you know, blew your pants off? Not a lot of people. No, so, not really. So it's kind of like, hey, just, just suck it up and go with it, right? Uh, and I just accept it. And that's pretty much the NBA draft. A lot of people were picking outside the first 12 picks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than Zion, uh, the Jay Morant for Memphis, and uh, R.J. Barrett in New York. The most predictable draft, right? The right. first top five picks. Right. The, the big head scratcher was the Cavaliers got all these point guards. I was like, "What? Didn't you draft Colin Sexton last year as the idea that he could be the leader?" And then really, I don't know if they. I don't know why they did. Didn't they see what happened in Phoenix when they had all those point guards? That that failed. Well, you got to remember who the coach is. You know, Jim Balin or whatever his name is, the Michigan coach. He's coming in. He wants the college infusion. He wants to play with the lineup. And you know. It's one of those, hey, we're out of touch, but we're bringing in new philosophies, and maybe that's what their feelings are. You know, you can't really necessarily work on the idea of who had the best or the worst draft in the NBA, because if it falls outside of that top 12 um, line, it's just kind of like you're taking a chance anyway. And a lot of teams took the sure things. Honestly, the big question mark from the draft is just I'm not necessarily sold on R.J. Barrett. Not because I don't think he's a phenomenal player or a good player or anything. I just don't know how necessarily if he can do anything to really contribute to the Knicks. And if anything, he might get the Andrew Wiggins effect where he's traded for the next big superstar that comes in free agency despite being heralded as the second coming of something great. Yeah. You know, he's the highest draft pick for the Knicks since either Carmelo or Ewing, depending. Ewing was like a number one. No, well, Carmelo wasn't drafted by them, so... Uh, yeah. So probably Patrick Ewing, right. you would say. I'm sorry, I'm thinking Denver and going from now to further end point. But uh, he, Patrick was 
like the biggest one in, but they always want a guy who can kind of be a face of a franchise the way Carmelo kind of was, love him or hate him. He was kind of like the recent love that you have for the Knicks and the New York Knicks as a recognizable face for all those seasons. Um, and then, what, you look at R.J. Barrett, you already have Tim Hardaway Jr. I think they declined Emmanuel Moutier's contract, but they're probably going to try to re-sign him because they have all this cap space. And as you know in the NBA, if you don't use your cap space, you're just losing it. Right. It's just a weird time. And the rich did get richer. You know, the Pelicans rigged. Um, aside from getting Zion, they were able to capitalize on a lot of other players. I'm not even and they doing got anything. The <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so it, it just kind of builds in. I don't know, Francisco, what did you take from aside from being the most predictable top five ever picked? Well, what frustrated me is all the freaking trades that you see, like the guys awesome. wearing the hats, even though they're not even going to those teams. That pisses me off. It actually confuses people that are trying to watch the, the thing casually because I was uh, – I was at in Orlando in the conference, and my boss's um, uh, fiance was like asking, like, "What's you know, what's the process for this, and why is why is that? Why does it say that he's going to Phoenix, uh, even though he's been, he's wearing a Cleveland hat or whatever? You know, it's just kind of." And I'm trying to explain it, and I'm like, even I'm confused about it. I've never seen any. I've never seen that in any other draft. Yeah, no, the sports, right? Right. They, yeah, they just don't complete the, the, the trades until yeah. they have to clear off. Like, for example, um, I'll give you an example, not even with a draft pick, but Anthony Davis, to fully get him into the contract, to at least start with the max, uh, they had to trade away, like, Mo Warriger or Mo, Moritz Wagner and all these other guys, but to for the Cavaliers to get uh, Kevin Porter Jr., they had to complete the trades of the draft picks and the players that they were sending out to, I think it was Minnesota, um, to have that be official because it's the I think it's the NBA policy the rules that nothing becomes official until after the draft so right. you're trading for draft rights yeah so and, it's a little complicated and the teams are also trying to prepare their cap for free agency exactly so everything is kind of too scrunched together that it doesn't allow enough time so there's actually talk of of changing the draft I don't know why I wasn't paying attention of changing the draft day to like basically like the NFL where Free agency will come first, and then the draft. And that makes more sense, because here's the thing you got to think about. If I'm a player going into the NBA from college, and I'm positionally picked at five, but it's sent to be a to a team that is, you know, what, picking 15th or 16th, I, I, I don't know this information, so for anybody out there who can clarify it for me, are you getting the salary of the fifth player picked in the draft, or are you getting the thing, which is much more money, are you getting the contract of the player picked at the position the team actually gets you? Yeah. Because that's that in basketball, that's a crap ton of cash. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the NBA has a lot of like. Well, once you get to the second round, all that contracts are like partially or okay, no so that's how you jump. whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be better to do because I think free agency is more interesting for most other teams. Like, like the Knicks. I'm pretty sure they would have, like, if they knew they already had frickin' Kevin Durant by this point, they would have drafted differently at the top. I don't know. Or they might have traded the pick, you know? Yeah, but also here, to build around Kevin Durant. The NBA is the one of the few sports, I think hockey does it too, where sign and trades are a weapon. Okay, so that throws away. (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out the controls. What button? We're going to get you an instruction manual. The, the, The shoulder button. The top shoulder button. Um. Yeah. Well, I, my other takeaway from the draft is um, 
Well, there was uh, Bull Bull's uh, suit. He looked yeah, like Jack, on... Jack Skellington. Yeah, what on earth is that? Yeah, I have no idea. I like the suits that, that they had, like, um, they had the players have, like, photos or some mementos inside of their jackets. Yeah. And they all signified something. Like, R.J. Barrett had maple leaves because he's Canadian. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Canadians coming out now uh, in, in the draft. That's, you know. And I think it was the second ever Japanese-born player drafted. I think he was the first. I think he was the first. He was the first. Yeah. Yeah, from the Wizards. So a lot of international players selected. I think the the Pacers drafted. Oh, the Pacers drafted somebody from like Serbia or something, or or what have you. But there's a a lot of international flair to this draft, which is nice to see. Um, it means NBA really is becoming super international, or it already is. It already is, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I don't know what else to take away. There's not much for the Heat, so there's not really much I can say, you know? Well, I'll transition into something that's Heat-related. The big talk of Jimmy Butler, and he has some interest in coming down to Miami. And one of the things that, you know, the, the 76ers aren't going to let him just go for nothing, so they want to do, for any team, they want to do a sign-and-trade where you can get, like, a max deal and they get assets back. And one of the names that they kind of want to come into is they're going to go for Tyler Harrow, they're going to go for... Um, Bam Adebayo, and then all the Ooh, other people that we I don't know have. if I want to give up Bam. Well, Bam's the man. He's Bam Bam. Uh, plus, also, once Hassan's off the books, that's who the focal point of that defensive rebound is going to come to in that defensive unit. But we don't have... You look at the players that we have. Do you really want to take on those guys? Because... Mm. Bam, like, if I'm if I'm Philadelphia, right, and I'm trying to get some, some asset, you know, some asset, some, some potential coming in if I'm getting rid of Jimmy Butler, who I, I don't think actually fits in their team that well compared to some of the other people, uh, Bam would have to play behind Embiid, so he would obviously oh, be I on the that. second unit, so it couldn't go anything crazy. I mean, Tyler Harrow, you don't know where he's going to be. Maybe he can replace J.J. Redick, but it ain't this year. Uh, what you can get Josh Richardson is very affordable contract. The guy's our highest or best shooter, even though he takes too many shots. And then, what, they're not going to take on Dion's salary. They're not going to take on James Johnson's salary. Uh, you know, they're not going to take a Goran salary. No, so the Heat, really give to, them? to get out of this, the Heat are just going to have to trade with somebody who also has a horrible contract and, you know, doesn't want their player. Uh, and see, just basically flip, hey, an upset Hassan Whiteside for another upset player in another city who has a horrible contract. And see, maybe they have better luck here in Miami, you know? Because Miami coaches up a lot of players to, to be good, so... I would. We have a bunch of role players that right. are starters for the mm -hmm. most part. Um, okay. NHL draft, Andrew, to throw you back in here. Uh, man, if I had my notes in front of me, this I would be much more. Oh man. <laughs> uh. Why did you pick the '99 Seminoles? I I wanted to. Play the Seminoles in '99. <laughs> then why did you let me? Why did you make me take UCF? Because <laughs> I still thought you. So I still thought you'd be better than me because you you completely destroyed me in every other football game before this. I thought, well, this might actually even the, the odds. <laughs> okay, if we're almost at the half. I would. If you can't get a touchdown by then, 
We'll, we'll go, we'll play mascot mode or something. No, but play even teams, for God's sake. <laughs> okay. Um, Alright. Uh, well, I gotta say, props to the United States, uh, I forget what it's called, U.S. Development Program. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, the U.S. Um, MNT Development Program. Yeah, something uh-huh. like that. USA Hockey's Development Program, but yeah. A lot of players are coming out of there, though. B, I did come prepared, but he told me not to use my laptop. No, you can use your laptop. I was just saying, you can pop it out. I'm not um, saying that you can't. I'm not, I'm not the laptop Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was three of the top ten, I believe, the top goalie, uh, over 20 national team development programs. Thank you. Yeah. Um. 25% of all players drafted, over 25% came from the development, t- develop, or came from the U.S. period. Mm-hmm. Um, I read this article a while back talking about how the, uh, to, to use another term, or another sports term, uh, they were doing a full court press um, to improve uh hockey in the United States and this is kind of the first uh, like major inklings of it over the past few years you've had uh, was it Jack Eichel yeah uh, I think Austin Matthews is, or is he Canadian no he's American so he's like, from Arizona there are like two players in the past couple of years that have become huge contributors that are American and you know you've got Jack Hughes now um the, the U.S. is really trying to solidify themselves as a hockey power now. Um, and this kind of shows that. I read this whole article, you can look for it on ESPN, that talks about the program and how they're actually deciding now to put some effort into uh, recruiting players, improving players. Uh, it seems to be working. I think USA Hockey, well, USA Hockey does a good job. Um, and really, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> what was going on? Okay. <laughs> uh, my, well, what is it? Well, the, the lightning had a foot fetish. I know that. <laughs> I remember that. If anyone doesn't know, that's not a, it's not a kink or anything. It's that. Not that we're kink shaming. Not that we're kink, kink shaming. <laughs> but, um, Adam Foote's son was dr- Are they both? I think it was kids? I think it may have been, yeah. Well, go ahead. Uh, we're both drafted this year and come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, so that turns him around. Yes. <laughs> I kept pressing the wrong buttons. <laughs> Thank I was pressing God. the shoulder button thinking uh, it was turbo and he turns around. I didn't know. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> If someone wanted to make a two left, the trigger. two left feet joke, but one shoots right-handed, uh, that's funny. Um, so both of Adam Foote, who's a f- famous defenseman, he's a defenseman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, notably for the Colorado Avalanche during their Stanley Cup runs, uh, both of his sons were drafted. One of whom, I think, at least one, if not both. Was drafted by uh, the Lightning. Line. Yeah. So it's like, yay, cool. Hopefully they're good. 
I don't know anything about any of these players, although aside from Jack Hughes was number one and everyone knew. Well, let me get my notes out. It was either him or Capo Caco that was going to be the, the, the number one draft pick. It obviously ended up being Hughes, American. Um, and number two, if, if one of whoever wasn't picked number one was going to go number two. Right. Um, so that obviously ended up being uh, Capo Caco for number two. Yeah, finish. Finish. Um, Finns have been popping out some really good young players. Obviously, Barkov out in Florida. For, right. Um, anyways, uh, notes that I have. Well, one huge thing was the Devils trade for PK Subban. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was something that I did not expect whatsoever. Capo Tacos, he would be marketable. Yeah, it's well, like, like, kind he, of like Taco Fall. Yeah, if he scores, if he scores, well, it can't be a goal, but if he scores like two goals or I don't know four points in a game, then free tacos from like. Moe's I, or I something. think four points would be good because yeah. there are four letters in taco. Yeah, that could work. Uh, so he did. He had only well, PK Subban only had thirty-one points last year. Mm-hmm or last season, so an, a, a down year for him. Obviously, the Preds didn't have the type of playoff performance that they were expecting. Right. They wanted the cup. and uh, But he's he's had good bounce back years afterwards. Okay, so how do you get the quarterback to run? I can't get him to run. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's... Look, the Devils are going for it, really. Mm-hmm. They got their own pick. They, they're trying to entice Taylor Hall to stay. Right. That was one of the huge parts about this this, this trade because he wants support. Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously he didn't have it in Edmonton, uh, even though he's the the king of number one draft picks at this point. Um, all right, the Panthers. If I have to speak about the Panthers. Uh, selected a goaltender at 13. American goalie. Yeah, Spencer Knight. Uh, he's Sorry, I'm going to be... Taco got drafted by Denver? No, he didn't. He got drafted, or he didn't even get drafted. He got signed by the the Celtics. As, a, as an undrafted free agent? Something like that. Okay. Or the equivalent of. So, or maybe just play in their, uh, in their summer league team. Right. So, goalies usually don't go in the first round. Mm-hmm. If they do, it's kind of rare, and they're, you know, like Luongo was... Right. <laughs> was, uh, or mean, what's uh, DiPietro? P- well, remember, Luongo was traded to Florida because Mike Milbury, the, the hockey expert, if you will, <laughs> he's a, he's a freaking moron, mm-hmm. and I can say that. <laughs> like, like, just very much like Don Cherry, I can say that freaking... Mike Milbury is a freaking moron, and uh, he he selected Roberto Luongo. At, I think he was number two draft pick in his class. The following season, he selects Rick DiPietro, and hey, we no longer have use for Roberto Luongo, so we'll trade him to Florida, and we'll throw in Ollie Jokin in as well. I'm sure the Islanders wish they had that back. They would have had a solid team, actually, if... Mm-hmm. Uh, if if that had come to pass. BU says Mike Bill- Milbury's a moron. 
And yet NBC's continues to pay him for NBC's. reasons that only make sense well, like, if he somehow had blackmailed him. I like having Patrick Sharp on their crew. That was nice. He, you know what? They should just replace him. Mike, I don't know why he has a job. Mike Milbury has a job. He's a freaking moron. Uh, I, I keep saying that, but if anybody's watched NBC's coverage, um, they're probably the worst of the four sports as far as national coverage is concerned. They have a great announcer in Doc Emmerich, but then you have Pierre Maguire who annoys people. Um, and it Man, was, I... It was a very unhealthy obsession with with learning like where players are Also, from. that DiPietro pick is probably the single dumbest decision Milbury made yeah. that does not involve He selected him. two goaltenders in a row. And, and, well, DiPietro went number one. But let me ask you this, BU. And then, you know, had that massive contract which hampered the Islanders forever. Although, in play. hindsight, that... That contract is tiny compared to what people are getting these I'll, days. I'll give you this. DiPietro, when he was healthy, showed flashes of what he could have been. Yeah. But never could do it. But let me ask you this, BU. If DiPietro had been as advertised and didn't get injured all the freaking time, would you say that Milbury was a genius or whatever? How do I get the quarterback to run? <laughs> you don't have to tell me. I'm already winning. But <laughs> I'm not I'll helping fig- you anymore. I'll figure it I'm out. I'm not helping you anymore. I will get the quarterback to run at some point during this game. I'm not helping you any more than you need. Because I'm in, des- uh, I'm in dire straits right now. That helps. Uh, okay. Uh, what is... Uh... Uh, no. Because he still took a goaltender number one the year after he drafted one in the first round. It would right. just be a slightly less bad decision. Right. And not only did he draft, he selected Roberto Luan. And I know hindsight, whatever, but um, he already had, you already you already drafted your, your young goaltender. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to do it again. Right. It's like, that's like if, uh, like an NFL team, the same thing. You drafted a young number one quarterback who had... A, a a solid mm-hmm. season for a rookie, and then you know, you know we'll draft another one and we'll trade him away, mm-hmm. and then lo and behold, he becomes like Brett Favre or something. I don't know. Right. Anyways, off of Mike Milbury. More notes on this. Yeah, U.S. draftees. He said here um, there was an article about the best names of the draft that I wanted to to share. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up on the search. Yeah, hold on. It's it's getting sort of <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Andrew was getting worried there as the, the TV like whenever we switch the TV All screen. Right, I get it. I get it. The Elgato gotcha. has to feed the signal. I got gotcha. you. I'm just saying, you know, just so you don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm finally starting to make a comeback. Uh, what, what's going on? Is it on pause? Oh, yeah. I gotta you get have 69 it. seconds though. Nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me find this. The weird thing. To said he was one and done goaltender at BU. His stats are pretty good, but it's not like that. Yeah.
So it was still a what the fuck was your thinking decision. Alright, so... article here for the 14 best names of the NHL draft. So number one is Capo Caco. Okay. Capo <laughs> uh, Yeah. Number two is Anthony Honka. Anthony Honka? What's okay. the last so name? So Honka. Honka? Yeah. Yeah. Where's he from? Uh, I'm assuming he's Finnish. It sounds like a Finnish name too. Uh, it's a great name. Yeah. Anthony Honka. Then we have number three, Peyton, Cre- Peyton Krebs. You know what? If I'm channeling my inner Chris Berman here, yeah. Um, if ESPN, if he was still doing, you know, his nicknames, right? He would pr- he would probably do Antony Honka Honka Burn in Love. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so and then we have uh, Mads Sogard. Mads Sogard. Mads. Yeah, like mad, like angry. Not like Matt Sundin. No, no, Mads Mad. as M A D S Sogard. Uh, that's definitely something. Yeah, uh, I love the description they put here. The name is just awesome. It has a tinge of radical '80s uh, to it, while also reminding Mad of Mads Mikkelsen. As an aside, Finnish name he also finished are just all so dope. I love them all so much, and they are legitimately perfect. <laughs> uh, let's see, we got. Um, let's continue here. Uh, Daniel Miss Yule, what did? <laughs> Okay, I guess this is like a uh, a Game of Thrones thing, which I do not get the reference because I never watched Game of Thrones. So yeah, you guys can burn me at the stake if you want. I saw like five episodes maybe in the first season, and I didn't go any further. <laughs> Number six, Braden Tracy. Stop that. Well, they the description says this is a hockey ass hockey name, and it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I gotta give him that. Then we have Niels Hoglander. Hoglander. In New York City, a battle between immortals is happening away from the watchful eye of the police. There can be only one Hoglander, and the fate of the future of swine is at stake. <laughs> Great. Uh, next is Hunter Skinner. I like it when your first name is an action that naturally leads into your second name. That's an economy of language I can get behind. Uh, number nine is Elmer Soderblom. Uh... Elmer Soderblom, so it's a, it, it's just the fact that it sounds like an, a very old person name. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Philip Broberg. Uh, not many people know, but Broberg is a European city founded entirely, <laughs> founded entirely by frat boys in 2005. <laughs> now each year, natty ice loving college students make a pilgrimage to Broberg to kiss the feet of Le Grand Bro, a life size statue of Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> oh, Who God. Is this? this is on SB Nation, of course. Oh, I gotta shout out my peeps. Um, number 11, Albin Grew. <sighs> huh, Albin looks really different. Did he get a haircut? Nah, Albin Grew. <laughs> oh, my God. Number uh, t- <laughs> number twelve, Roddy Ross. <laughs> if Rowdy, if Rowdy Roddy Piper and Rick Ross had a child and they could play hockey, we get Roddy Ross. I hope I, somehow I knew there was going to be a 
Rowdy Roddy Piper goes yeah. in there. I hope he celebrated everything just by screaming his name as loud as he can and hearing Roddy Rossi <laughs> each <laughs> echo through the hockey arenas around the country. Number uh, thirteen. You're being incredibly silent there, Charles, considering uh-huh. that we're in your forte. Yeah. Uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. That time will come. No, uh, no, no, but... It just the, you don't I even mean, want to comment on the, the Roddy hum- Ross. Listen, I'm still I'm still under Broberg because if we want to go into the wrestling name, I just think of Goldberg. But now I think <laughs> of Broberg, so I think of some guy with uh, aviator sunglasses, with his hair slicked back, with a headband over it, doing <laughs> spears through kegmeisters, <laughs> met by Roddy Ross going through everything. Uh, next is Martin Haas. <laughs> Have you been to the Czech Republic? Martin has. <laughs> and then uh, finally, number 14, Gianni Fairbrother. Ooh. Not to be confused with his kin, Gianni Evil Brother. I love BU's comment. Also, a random ass European city could put up a statue of Gronk, and I'd just accept it. <laughs> okay, so those are the names. And we finally got to use our search screen in this new yeah. format, so that was a nice little aside there. Uh, it's seven o'clock. Do you want to? Yeah, we, since we're we're here, and I guess we're at the halfway point. Yeah. Uh, a word from our non-sponsors. Once again, we are uh, transitioning here. This is our new setup, and well, we have... we're going to work out the kinks. Yeah, but over the next couple of it's days, it's working out so far. Oh, but, I know. And obviously, we're in a different venue, which if kind we, of messed we things at up. Your office, I think this would be working so much better. Right, because we'd have a table and we right. have our TV close by and we're, stuff like that. It, we're we're doing the best we can. Yeah. So, uh, who wants to go first for this one? I'll start. Yay. Um, I'm going to go with the. United States Development Program, National Team Development Program. Okay. Um, it's going to be a quick and easy one, but uh, hockey is so dominated by Canadians, I'm getting sick and tired of their niceness and their... their inc- well, well no, can- Canadians aren't that super nice when it comes to hockey. Yeah, true. I love Canadians. I, I feel I want to visit there someday. Um... But, yeah, it's time that the United States started putting up a little bit more, uh, doing a little bit better in the realm of hockey, considering our past. You know, we won the 1980 uh, Winter, Olymp- uh, Winter Olympics against, uh, well, Miracle on Ice and all that jazz. So, it's been a while. It's been heavily dominated by the Canadians. Uh, but it's finally, I think, about time that the United States got on board and put some effort into developing players, and that's what they did. I love their logo here. I don't know if you it's, can see it's, it. It's very, it's very classic. Well, it's the reason I love it. It's it's a throwback logo. That's true. To the uh, Team USA's logo from I think their 1960 um, Olympic gold medal win. So yeah. it's it's really nice. I love it. Um. So yeah, the United States now. Um, you know, players don't have to go, and plus, it's all in house basically in the United States. Um, you know, Americans don't have to go over to the OHL uh, or Canadian Hockey League, any of those minor leagues. You know, if they want a, if a player is good and they want to develop, uh, they can just do it entirely within the United States. Um, you know, you've got colleges 
you know, those are, you know, top class uh, if you want to go on through college. Um, or you can just essentially go through the equivalent of the OHL here in the United States, it seems, or at least get the same level of development. Um, you know, obviously kids are still going to go through I mean, the you have the USHL in the U.S., but it's not the same level it's as, not the same. As, the, as the Canadian Hockey League. No, they're, they're leagues above. Uh, typically the path is ND, uh, NTDP to NCAA, right. But a lot of these kids, it seemed, they went straight in from the NTDP into the draft, which... I mean, who knows whether that will work out or not. And I feel typically that a player should develop in college for a couple of years, um, not just for educational purpose, but, um, you know, maturity purpose. I kind of wish the NBA was like that, to be honest. But. I, I agree. Um, I like the college football's rule. Um, does not work the way you're thinking. Oh, that's right. That is totally right because they get your rights, but you can still play for college. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That's uh, the NHL. Yeah, there's a bunch of NCAA players. They have your rights. Uh, we just um, uh, the Panthers uh, brought up there. Um, I'm am so used to Denver. Right. I'm so used to the the way that the NFL draft and uh, NBA draft. Where you either have to sign with them or not, but I, I forgot how that the NHL works a bit differently. Yeah, the NHL is very much like that, but uh-huh. but it's it's good though because a lot of these kids uh, they're going to be going to they're developing entirely within the United States. They're going to be going to college in the United States. I mean, I have nothing against Canada, but it's time that the United States kind of level the playing field a little bit against the Canadians. I think. We have the ability to now, so why not take advantage and actually put in the resources to do it? Uh, so play here for a year or two, then sign because our coaches can't figure out how to balance getting the bestest. I think the St. Louis Blues had a, a large, like a ridiculously large amount of Americans on their team. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think it was like half the team, which, which is, is unusual. I mean, you know, you always get the argument. Um, I'm not getting into politics here. I'm not getting into politics. I'm just stating a fact. Uh, back when Justin Trudeau uh, first came into office as Prime Minister of Canada, he and President Obama were joking. Uh, this was must have been... When was the last time the Blackhawks won the World Series? 2015? Well, if they, not the World no, Series. Not, uh, <laughs> but yes, 2015. I'm, I'm, the I'm Stanley still, Cup. Yeah. I'm still kind of shaken by the fact that I'm down by uh, by 19 points to Francisco. Um, last time the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup was in 2015. Right? Correct. So, President Obama was jokingly saying that, you know, we have... Uh, we have the Stanley Cup champions here in the United States, to which Trudeau responded, yeah, but your entire, but the entire team is full of Canadians. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we can finally kind of turn that on its head. Anyway. Well, we kind of have with the Raptors. Okay. What? Right. Who, uh, so. Who's next? 2013 or, yeah, 2015. So, yeah. United States ND, uh, NTDP. That is my non-sponsor of the week. Uh, promo code... 
Okay. All right. Um, hmm. Charles, you want to go? Yeah, I can do this. So, you know, usually my, my non-sponsors tend to be either food or food or more food, but we're going to switch it up a bit, you know, because... Beverage? I thought about this. Nah, we're going to be okay. In fact, we're, we're going to use something that is an everyday necessity or almost everyday necessity because my washer broke about two months ago, and I tried to get a used one spare parts, you know, because your boy likes to clean underwear every now and then, freshly washed, freshly dried, and that didn't work out. So where did I go to get, you know, a brand new washer? Did I go on Amazon? Nah. Did I go to Walmart? Hell no. I went where I had a lot of credit on my credit card to go to, and that's Best Buy, because Best Buy, aside from being one of my favorite places to venture out to look at high-quality 4K OLED televisions, you know, salivating over it, I buy some games from there. Mm-hmm. Now that mm-hmm. I got my washer there. It's yeah. Like a whirlpool washer. So now, ladies and gentlemen, your boy has like clean undies and clean work pants that he doesn't have to reuse like two weeks in. <laughs> so that stench in the air that you almost thought was over <laughs> um, you know, the gas filters, it's not there anymore because my hiney is shiny. In the yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> of Best Buy itself. So I'm going to give a shout out to Best Buy. I tell people, hey, if you don't know what to get me for a birthday, give me a gift card there because I'm either buying a movie, Avengers, and Games coming out August 13th. I got a Best Buy gift card. It'll be a birthday gift to myself. There you go. Buy a bunch of video games there. I have the Gamers Club. It gets me 20% off. I'll be able to get Pokemon and Borderlands 3 before it expires. And, of course, inevitably, when my dryer dies, guess what I'm going to use my credit card there at Best Buy. It's a dying establishment. Most of them are, but maybe... Maybe this little shout out, a little unknown podcast, gets them to stay alive for like another five years until I'm in a washer dryer accident because my clothes were flammable and I just lit up real badly. So my non-sponsor week is Best Buy, just because besides video games and computers, you can also get a washer when you need to. So you know, they're that promo code, so fresh, so clean. Ah, uh, come on. Okay. I, All right. I was wholly expecting you to do my hiney is shiny. <laughs> well, I mean, Andrew, my high knee is shiny. It's because I'm just so fresh and so clean and clean. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll allow it, I guess. All right, boys. I guess I'll give a shout-out to uh, my mind on Sponsor will be um, probably the Gaylord Palms Hotel and Resort out in Orlando, Florida. Technically, it's in Kissimmee. Technically, it is in the city of uh, Kissimmee or Kissimmee. There you go. <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't going to correct you. Yeah. Anyways, uh, for if you're not from Florida, you would say kissing me. <laughs> yes, but that is wholly incorrect. Anyways, uh, it's out there close to uh, Disney World, uh, close to the parks out there in, uh, in Orlando. And uh, uh, there was a conference there uh, for law immigration lawyers. I went. Uh, and I, I took part in the amenities of of the the resorts. They have uh, it's all indoors. They have like a very large glass ceiling, uh, and they have the the cool thing about it was they had these little sections in each part. Like the middle section was called Saint Augustine, so they made it kind of look like very old Spanish style uh, architecture. And like in the middle of it is like a fake uh, fort that looks like the the San Marcos. Uh, for out in St. Augustine, which is pretty cool. And they have like a koi pond in it as well. Uh, it's it's all very like, 
very, it's very cheesy Floridian, but the Floridian in me loves it. So I was like, ooh, this is so fun. <laughs> then I go down to the uh, other side and they have like an Everglades section. And it's, you know, made to look very foresty and stuff like that. That's where they keep the alligators. They have little baby alligators there along with um, snakes and what have you. And they also have an arcade. And I sent a photo on our Discord of the arcade uh, that they had. And it was, um, it was actually, uh, uh, there was an air hockey table that had a, just a large photo of Sonic the Hedgehog on it, uh, which I will now make it a mission by the end of my life to attain. <laughs> well, as I was also saying in the Discord, that once we become uh, famous streamers, I am going to make it a mission for us to get an office uh, that we can broadcast out of, and we can buy that air hockey table and put it in the office. That would be a lot of fun. It's kind of like Dude Perfect. And, okay, so they had that, and then I was sitting in, I was, my room was in the Key West section. The Key West section had a, uh, like a, 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 a body of water, I guess it's meant to be like the ocean. Mm -hmm. they, they even pumped in the smell of the ocean, and they had fish in there as well. I don't think they were saltwater fish, though. I think they were freshwater fish. But they did have fish inside of there, which is pretty cool. Uh, real fish, and... And in the body of water is a boat, and the boat doubles as a restaurant, which is pretty freaking cool as well. Uh, and then, of course, the whole thing is all connected. They have the convention center itself, and if you didn't want to go outside, you could get to the convention center without having to leave the building. So uh, you want to say something? No, I'll let you finish. Okay, and then uh, finally they had the pool. Uh, they had a giant pool with a giant water slide. I didn't go down the water slide, unfortunately. My knees were still messed up. But uh, I was in the you know adult section pool uh, where you know they didn't allow kids to be there and stuff like that. Just you know. Ooh, sounds eighteen plus X rated. Uh, no, unfortunately, it wasn't that much. But uh, you know, you could get your drinks and whatnot over there. Anyways, uh, just a, a fun a fun center to be at and. Uh, I'm trying to bring it up here on the screen so y'all can see at least some photos of it to have an idea. While you do that, I'm just going to do a quick story. Um, back when I was in elementary school, um, I was part of, I did, I was in, uh, I did theater quite a bit. I did a lot of plays when I was younger, uh, elementary, middle, and high school. And one of the plays I did um we did it at the Gaylord Palms Convention Center. As you can, there's the boat, as you can see. Yep. Like, it is, I, I'll be honest, and, I, you know, I live there, as I said in the chat. I used to go there a lot. Uh, oh, the other cool thing. Each winter, they do something called ice, where an entire section of the hotel is brought down below freezing, and they have ice slides, ice Oh, ice I wish sculptures. I had seen that. That's so cool. They they give you like a nice big parka to go in there if you want uh, to go in there. You have to That'd wear be cool it. if they had like a synthetic ice rink or something. Uh, I don't think it's large enough to do that. Although UCF, um, they have a, a real outdoor ice rink each year during the holidays. Yeah, the Panthers do that around the, the holidays as well. Um. 
And then Celebration has a synthetic ice rink each winter uh, out on the main street of downtown. But, yeah, I, I love going to the Gaylord Palms. It was so fun. Um, it used to be free parking to the public, so you could, could just go and walk around. Uh, but they've since instituted a parking fee. Believe me, I I paid the parking fee. Yes, they have very much instituted the parking fee. <laughs> um, but man, if if you get the chance to even just you don't even have to stay at the hotel because it's freaking expensive. Um, but just spend you know two three hours even just walk around inside the atrium. Um, it is a lot of fun. Um, you know, grab dinner there, go to the arcade, whatever. But if you happen to be in Orlando, I say go there, man. Sorry, I'm kind of piggybacking off your... No, no, no. I'm No, you are freaking the advocate. You should get hired by them. <laughs> okay, so that's our non-sponsors. Um, apparently, they're undergoing an expansion, too. I don't know what they're expanding into. I didn't see anything about that, but... They just did the groundbreaking this week. Okay, so maybe I wasn't there for it, but... Okay, the cool. The ceremonial groundbreaking. Nice. They, they dig into one of those little... Yeah. Things. All right, so uh, want to go to the Fulmer Cup? Uh, sure. Has there been any any sort of uh, happenings with uh, the naughtiness in college football? I forget what was the last show I was on. Uh, you did the last show a couple Thursdays ago, and yes, we had some stuff. Uh, I think there's there's only been one thing that's happened since then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, cornerback. Oh. Standard disclaimer, we are not the official uh, podcast, and we are not officially sanctioned by the Fulmer Cup, which is a subsidiary of the RCFB subreddit, which is dedicated to college football. That being said, I come here every week or so, or every week, to discuss the happenings in the Fulmer Cup. The Fulmer Cup, of course, is the... Uh, oh, Okay. Um, is a competition held each offseason where points are awarded to players who um, get arrested or cited for certain things. Anyway, so hopefully UCF, computer UCF, will play better than I have I've been. I set them up pretty decently. Okay, so only one thing has happened this past couple of weeks. Two Penn State players were cited for... Um, were cited for disorderly conduct after they were involved in a fight uh, at a university fraternity. Um, So Penn State, there was junior quarterback Tariq Castro-Fields and redshirt freshman wide receiver Henry Fessler. Uh, They were fighting with others on the front yard of Delta Chi about 11.45 a.m. on January 22nd or 27th. So this was very late, if you will. Um, citation, but still counts. Alrighty, so I, I think it. you guys are doing. I think it is doing better than you. We'll just leave it like this for now because uh, I, I want to get through our our segments because I actually, yeah. I actually planned for it this time. Um, anyways, ooh, interesting. Well, sorry, something popped up on my screen here, but uh, all right. So, oh, well, we have a champion in College World Series. That is true. Uh, that is true as well. Congratulations to the Vanderbilt Commodores. So, uh, that's one thing. 
I just want to take a quick second to discuss something about mm-hmm. it. Um, this was a big, you know, you know, in terms of feel good stories, this mm-hmm. was probably as about as good as you can get. Because back in they had an exciting finals, yes they did. Um, Vanderbilt had to uh, win two straight to get this. Yeah, they had to claw their way out of a freaking hole. Right. Um, so this would have been the senior year for someone named uh, Donnie Everett. He was a freshman uh, back in the 2015-2016 uh, year. Um, star pitcher for them. Uh, a lot of people said that he had a future in the, in the bigs. Uh, but unfortunately, he was out with some teammates at a lake, and unfortunately, he drowned and passed away. Um, it really heavily affected, and it was just before the team went to the college to the NCAA playoffs or College World Series. I think it was in June, um, or no, some part of I forget. Uh, something very important. Something very yeah. important. It was some something to do with the playoffs. Unfortunately. It affected them heavily. Um, his parents have come to like every game since then. They're still a huge part of the program. Uh, so this would have been his senior year. So for them to win one, kind of for him, you know, that's that's really cool, and I'm I'm glad that it happened. Okay, um, that's all I could say about it. To be honest, uh, you actually you summed it up pretty nicely. Uh, so I guess we could stick on baseball because um, there's a. I, I, I wanted to get Charles's opinion on CC Sabathia because he got he got 250 wins. Like the dude is wrapping up what I would assume is a Hall of Fame career to to you, right, Charles? It's almost as if you were in my office the day he got his 250th win because that's what me and my uh, coworker were talking about. Um, so. My input on CC is CC is indeed a Hall of Fame pitcher, not a first ballot. I would think it's very tough for pitchers to kind of make out the first go. Um, only a few of them kind of like immediately pop out. He's had some injuries, but you know, for CC, he's a Cy Young winner. He's had multiple 20 win um, seasons. He has hit the 250 mark. He has what 3,000 plus strikeouts. He was somewhat of a beast batting when he did hit. When he was in the NL or any kind of interleague play, yeah. Reportedly, he has mm-hmm. a World Series ring, and he has been at times the best pitcher on the best teams. When he was with Cleveland, when he was with the Yankees, when in our heyday, he's still here with us. And it's his final season, so it kind of feels like the proper uh, sentimental send-off for him. But I think he is. Maybe not in the first year, but uh, it's a common. I mean, yeah, he's got 250, he's got 3,000 strikeouts. It's He's in there. He's in. Especially for this era of baseball, now that the role of pitchers is changing, now that we have limited innings for a lot of pitchers. Like, we're not going to see 250 very often, I would say, going forward, or even 3,000 strikeouts. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think 3,000 is still achievable because look at, like, Matt Scherzer and, like, these guys are getting 10 strikeouts a game. So if you maintain a 10 strikeout average over the year, over a year, you know, that's you're probably going to get like 100 strikeouts. It's doable strike, if they can get some strikeouts. Get to that long, like 15 plus yeah. years. 
they have to have that longevity, no doubt. And of course, they'd have to have some of those like three hundred strikeout seasons. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, how do you oh, settings? Oh, the settings. Yeah, and then controller. No, I'm gonna place. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, yeah, so see, yeah, he's going to get there. We talked about the Rays in Montreal. Um, uh, a funny little side note as far as uh, a, a player on the Marlins team because mm-hmm. uh, the Marlins are not the worst team in baseball, but they were still the worst team in the NL. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, it'll change after yeah. this play. Um, he had a three-game hit streak that spanned 10 years. Who did? Wilkin Castillo. Marlins called him up from the minors. And uh, he drove in a very crucial run uh, in, I think, their, their win against the... I forgot who. But uh, that hit that he had that brought in that run was his first hit in Major League Baseball in 10 years. Oh my God. But <laughs> he had a three-game hitting streak. What is going on here? I think it will change after the sequence. But, oh, okay. But he had a three-game hitting streak because he had a two-game hitting streak before he was demoted. Um, back in, uh, uh, going back 10 years. So he, at that point, had a three-game hitting streak, which is really weird. Still doing it. I don't know what's going on. But, uh, so that's just the weirder side for Major League Baseball. Um, lack of room for non-Kansas Stadium being the principal issue. Lack of room? Oh, he, I was talking to BU about, uh, go-to-camera view. No, no, no! It's camera view. Camera view, NCAA. Yeah. Right? Classic. Either or. Classic. Let's do classic. And then resume. Damn it! What did you do, Francisco? I didn't do anything. Like we're selecting the plays, yeah. which is weird, but they're playing for us, which is also weird. Do you just want to start a new game? You know what? <laughs> Florida State wins. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Um. B was just saying um, he won't care about baseball until Boston gets a, a team. Oh, oh, uh, BU. BU. Yeah, right, Boston University. Mm. Want to do FIU, FAU? Yeah, I'll represent FAU for me and Charles. That, yep. that, that'll be fine. Uh, let's go. West Coast offense, interesting. I'm just curious, though. Let me see what UCF. All right, how so they let's see. Let me go down to... Um, I guess I'll go to Let's Hall, y'all. So one second. No, we're much we're much better. So. Uh, it'll pop back up. I know. I'm. <laughs> it's just a weird transition thing that it does. Anyways, Let's Hall, y'all. I was gonna highlight a Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I won't bring it up on screen just now, but I will talk to you about him. His name is Willard Brown. He is a Negro Leagues player. Uh, he played for the Kansas City Monarchs uh, back in the heyday, back in the, the the 30s, going into the 40s, and I guess into the 50s a little bit. Um, he won five uh, Negro League pennants, or I guess five championships with the Kansas City Monarchs, one of the more prestigious uh, Negro League teams way back in the day. Yeah. He had a 351 career batting average within the Negro Leagues, and uh, he was a World War II veteran. He was actually in the D-Day Normandy invasion. Really? Yeah, this guy is 
His life is freaking amazing. And he was one of the uh, initial badge of Negro League players that transitioned to Major League Baseball in 1947 after Jackie Robinson. So he was, uh, he was signed by the St. Louis Browns. Mm -hmm. And the integration. He died at the age of 81 in 1996, but in 2006, the Negro League Committee elected him to the Hall of Fame. That's a bummer. You wish you could have seen that. Yeah, but, you know, the, I think the Negro League Committee is fairly decent at that point. Yeah. So, um, and obviously there's the, the injustice that was a lot of black players who were legitimately as good, if not better, you know, and Josh some, Gibson, yeah. Satchel Paige. Right. Eventually, these guys got in. Like, Satchel Paige eventually got in, and he won the World Series with the Cleveland Indians in 1948. Right. But he was, like, like 40 or something. Like, 40-something yeah. years old by that point, you know? Even though he was he was amazing. And he pitched ready to kick this uh, He pitched for the Marlins. <laughs> really? The, the minor league Marlins. Oh. Okay, but... <laughs> We're not that desperate of a franchise <laughs> to jig up a guy out of his grave so he can pitch. <laughs> well, the way that your rotation is right now, we don't need him. Hmm. Actually, we don't need him right now at this point. Short kick. He didn't uh, get a hold. We could throw him out in the bullpen. Though. Uh, so we'll, actually, we should do that. We'll, we'll dig up the, the corpse of Satchel Page to be our closer. Yeah, we'll do the pet cemetery. That's right. We'll, we'll bring up some guys from the dead and we'll, we'll sign them and then. We'll win a World Series and we'll immediately trade them afterwards. <laughs> I gotta have fun with this team. It's the only way to keep my sanity. Right. Okay, so that's Let's Hall, y'all. Uh, and the other one that I wanted to highlight, and let me get this play off before Andrew goes crazy. Um, Let's let's go on to. I'm being uh, patient. No, don't worry. I just gotta get these things out of the way because we're, we're running up on our time here. Yeah. Uh, better know a minor league team that I wanted to highlight. Uh, my um, the minor league team that I highlighted this time is the Durham Bulls because they are one of the more well known minor league teams out there. But we should get to know them. Who they are an affiliate of? One of your guys already got injured, and he's out for three weeks. <laughs> Um, so, uh, they are an affiliate of? The Rays. Yes, they are an affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays. They've been an affiliate for the Rays since the Rays' inception. 1998, they have not wavered from the Rays. Unlike the, the Greensboro? The Greensboro Green... Grasshoppers uh, with the Marlins. So, the Rays have had a very good relationship with Durham at this point. Made famous for the their portrayal in... Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Starring... Kevin Costner. There we go. Uh, they, and uh, Tim something. Tim Allen? No. <laughs> uh, hold on. I'm going to look that up. Tim Robbins. Yes, thank okay. you. Okay. So, um, uh, then, uh, yeah, affiliate of the Rays. They were formerly, they've, they've, they've been a team since 1902. So they've had a ton of affiliations with a bunch of other teams. I'll read off the list as soon as I get this playoff. It's fourth of the level. We're going to go for it. Ah, okay. Okay, the talent level of the FAU Owls is not the same as the 99 Seminoles. And the Babes, Susan Sarandon. Yep. Yeah, so 
Uh, formerly an affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds, the New York Yankees, the Brooklyn Dodgers, the Boston Red Sox, the Detroit Tigers, the Houston Astros, the New York Mets, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the Atlanta Braves. So almost a bunch of teams. Yeah. And uh, don't worry, the defense will play automatically for you if you want to. That's true. Okay, so they've won 15 championships over the course of their their, their history. Um, the last one... Uh, actually, they are the defending champion of the International League, I believe. Cool. Uh, they've back-to-back championships, 2017 and 2018, so the Rays are... Look, they the Rays are great in scouting mm. and developing their players. They just have a crappy owner. Yeah. Um, and a crappy stadium. Uh, yeah. Notable players, gosh. Uh, i got to get to the Wikipedia for this one. Here uh, I go. Yeah, you can pull it up if you want, but I'll take care of it. Their home stadium is the Durham Bulls Athletic Park. It is not sponsored name at this point. Opened in 1995, it's going. I think it's still going through a massive renovation. Oh, get this: the Bulls are hosting a bunch of jerks tonight. That is right. That's right. That just popped up. They are hosting a bunch of jerks tonight to celebrate the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, they uh. Press pause there, but uh, they they opened their stadium up in 1995. Their stadium also is the home ballpark for the Duke Blue Devils and the North Carolina Central Eagles. They have a capacity of about 10,000, and uh, yeah, and of course the team is featured in the movie Bull Durham, and they they actually have the scoreboard from the the big giant yeah. bowl from they, the movie yeah. at their stadium, but they replaced it with a new one yeah. that. Kind of looks the same because the other one's kind of getting right. old. And so here's, it's still preserved somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. I would hope it was. Yeah. So here's some alumni. You can go ahead and I'll just run off the list. Cool. Um, Julio Franco, Ron Gant, Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, David Justice, Ryan Klesko. I'm just going by the people whose names I recognize. Yeah. Uh, Bob Boone, apparently, yeah. There's a, look, there's some hall of, over yeah. a course of a plus hundred plus years, you're gonna have Hall yeah. of Famers and uh, Javi Lopez, Kevin Millwood. A lot of those Braves, a lot of those because uh, they were the Braves affiliate before the Rays, so yeah. a lot of those uh, '90s Braves are on there. Let's see, uh, Joe Morgan. Uh, oh, big red machine rights as well. Looks like uh, John Johnny Pesky of Pesky Hall yeah, of Fame. Red Sox. Uh, Rusty Staub, I think that's the Le Grand Orange. Mm-hmm. Uh, may he rest in peace. Died yeah, about a year ago. That's true. Um, for the Rays specifically, um, Chris Archer, Rocco Baldelli, Grant Balfour, uh, Reed Brignac, Jorge Cantu, uh, Carl Crawford, Steve Cox. Uh, Brandon Gomes, Johnny Gomes, Toby Hall, Jeremy Hellickson, Aubrey Huff, Jason Isringhausen, great name. Nice. Um, who else? Matt Joyce, Scott Casimir, Evan Longoria. So basically all the current race. Hideki Matsui. Interesting. Uh, that's to your benefit there, uh, Charles. David Price, Vanderbilt alum, uh, James Shields, Ben Zobris, B.J. Upton, Randy Wynn. 
Um, the most notable baseball player is, of course, Joe Morgan, because he's in the Hall of Fame, and he was part of the Big Red Machine. He said Chipper Jones as well. Chipper Jones, yeah. Yeah, also Hall of Famer. But I don't know, man. I mean, Joe Morgan, thats he's a beast. Uh, so, uh, good, good history there. Yeah, uh, a good pick for that team. So, um, all right. So that's that's that. Uh, what else we got? Well, we haven't. Well, Charles, we haven't talked about wrestling, have we? We have to. I am ready. I am ready, like Macho Man, ready about to give a promo to Mean Gene Okerlund, ladies and gentlemen. My body I is ready. I won't do. My best impression, but welcome everybody to the cage with Charles, our weekly wrestling uh, <laughs> suplex, extravaganza, benavaganza. As I always tell people, wrestling is not fake, it is scripted, it is basically an artistic ballet of violence with men in tights and provocative women, but even sometimes more provocative, sweaty men. This week an <laughs> issue is a couple of things, but today was kind of breaking news for wrestling. So, we've kind of talked about the last couple of weeks of how Vince McMahon, aka Mr. Maniacal, egomaniac, 80-year-old plus, is kind of losing it. He's making a lot of rules that make no sense, but today, he had an announcement that he is hiring both Paul Heyman, who is on-screen uh, Brock Lesnar's mouthpiece, but also known for working backstage producer, but also the owner and creative mind at ECW, to handle the creative duties on Monday Night Raw, which is held by the rights of Universal, and he hired... Easy Eric Bischoff, who was the WCW head executive guy before it went down the tank at TNA to handle the creative executive decisions for SmackDown, which will soon be turning to Fox uh, in October. And so mm-hmm. this begs the question is Vince kind of sweating a little bit because usually he doesn't consolidate power or he consolidates power, he doesn't spread it out. Apparently, the, uh, the bigger thing is that no answer to him and he'll have the final say, but he's going to kind of streamline play more of as a manager aka a sane human being wants his business to thrive as opposed to an egomaniacal megalomaniac Mr. Burns wannabe um, <laughs> for the ideas of creative decisions because it, it was kind of bad they had this brand split but then the ratings were low because of what was going on the last couple months hockey playoffs ba- uh, you know, basketball playoffs baseball in between hard competition besides that and the bachelor wrestling is going to be in the bottom tier for a while now all that's over, so it's kind of like we can get some streamline back into it, but Vince panicked. He made all these weird rules, these weird changes. He made the 24-7 rule, which I, or the 24-7 championship, which I initially hated, but I love it now because they had a match at a wedding, which was fantastic. Pull that up on the screen. Our troop and uh, Drake Maverick. You know, Drake Maverick's getting married over the weekend. All of a sudden, our troop has a referee there, and he's like, oh, no. And he gets rolled up and pins, and our troop wins. He's like, I love this title more than you love your wife. And I'm like, that's the greatest insult I've ever heard in my life. Um, there was a pay-per-view over the weekend, Stompy Grounds. It was about as average as average can be. It was a couple good matches. The highlights of the matches were, you know, the New Day, Kofi, not, not Kofi and Dolph, we'll put that aside, but the other members of New Day, Biggie and Xavier Woods versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They had a good match. Um, another great match was Ricochet versus Samoa Joe. The ending was very surprising because I thought Samoa Joe and all his husky violence was going to win, but Ricochet won, so you're getting a new baby-faced U.S. champion. Right now, you gotta be- <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Sorry. Uh, that was dirty. That was dirty. <laughs> That's how I felt. So I felt when I heard Eric Bischoff was getting announced for a creative on SmackDown. Um, you know, the way of what happened with the FAU and the FIU, you know, game going on between those two. But basically, it's a weird part of wrestling because we're pushing forward to extreme rules 
in July, but then we're kind of... Um, yeah, put it in Drake Maverick. That's the name we want to put in, in the search engine, um, in our truth But, you know, we're kind of pushing the SummerSlam, but today's news was interesting because I'm okay with Paul Heyman getting executive decisions, creative decisions for Money Night Raw because he knows the talent. He's been working background in the right storylines. Eric Bischoff's kind of weird because then he was fan out there knows about the WCW days, and Bischoff has something good going on with the NWO and the Cruiserweights and maybe some of the mid-card titles. But basically what happened was uh, the finger poke of doom. When him and Vince Russo had this creative idea. Did you say to, finger uh, poke of uh, doom? Yeah, the finger poke of doom. 2000 Bash at the Beach. So basically the match, and I just watched this the other day, so this is very relevant. It was supposed to be Jeff Jarrett versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan. So creative in the back told uh, Jarrett to just lie down for Hogan. And so Hogan was getting all stuff. He didn't know what's going on. And he just pokes Jarrett in the chest, and Jarrett just falls down. As if he just he's playing dead. This is for your biggest title. And Hogan's just looking at everything. Looking at Russo. Looking at Jeff Jarrett. He calls for Mike. He's like, is this you, Russo? Is this BS? Because if you fully cursing, I won't curse because I don't want to lose my beautiful non-sponsor in uh, Best Buy. He's like, this is why this company's going down the crapper, man. Breaking kayfabe. Breaking character. Completely forces his foot onto Jarrett, one, two, three, pin. So you're getting that kind of guy on SmackDown. And NBC, or not NBC, but Fox wants that kind of like sports fight feel. And I don't know if we get that from Bischoff. So this is an interesting creative because, you know, can't back out of the contract now. So that's kind of what's going on in the main feed of wrestling for WWE, aside from a standard pay-per-view. Those big decisions say, of course, Drake, Maverick, and R-Truth going at it. Um, and, you know, the 24-7 championship match at a wedding. But for the other news, Ring of Honor has their, uh, you know, best in the world pay-per-view coming up, Matt Taven versus Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb's probably going to, you know, win that, which is good because Ring of Honor's been hurting a lot. Nothing going on in AEW news that's worth mentioning. New Japan hasn't done anything sexy yet, and then, you know, I, I don't have any other affiliates that I touch on because I don't watch DNA. But uh, all i got to tell you guys is if you want a good time, it's coming soon. Watch you a little bit of wrestling. Aside so from is, that... Th- their off-period is our... The off-period for the other sports is like their wheelhouse right now. Pretty much. And yeah, there's actually been talks about whether or not there should be an off-season for wrestling, but you never have an off-period for a soap opera. You have sweeps, baby. And when you have sweep season, you bring in the best. Connection successful. Alrighty. So, I Hi guess, again, everybody. Yeah, we're getting towards the end of our show because I think I'm out of topics to talk about, mm. to be honest. So um, let's see what time is it. I gotta start getting ready. But. Uh, this guy is going out of town. Again. Out of my own will. Pretty well, but. Um, whatever. Uh, but. We'll, we'll play this out a little bit and then we'll, we'll say our goodbyes. So, punch it Whoops. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy just got laid out. <laughs> UConn Big Ace talk. Yeah, I guess we should cover that. Yeah, go ahead. That's your wheelhouse. Uh, apparently they have a football team. Yes, apparently they have a football team. I think they're in this game. Um, so yeah, uh, so I guess I'll just give a quick recap. So, University of Connecticut, we don't have them anymore. University of Connecticut, um, they have decided that they are going to end their membership in the American Athletic Conference. Um, and join uh, the Big East Conference. Now, a little more backstory. The new Big East. The new Big East. Electric Boogaloo. 
a giant a giant millstone on that AD. Uh, so f- going further backstory, uh, during the early or the late two thousands, the early twenty tens, there was a huge um, conference realignment in college sports. Um, and eventually what ended up happening was a ton of teams from the Big East Conference uh, left to join other conferences such as the AAC, the Big 12, the Big 10, uh, you name it. They went everywhere. Um, so as a result, the league restructured itself as the American, the remaining teams, or, okay, and then the League was known for its basketball. There was the Catholic Seven schools like Villanova. BU can probably help me out here. Um, a lot of well Catholic schools, but they're very good and famous for their Georgetown. Yep, uh, Syracuse was in there for a while. So, but Syracuse left for the uh, for the. How did you not pick what that up? Throw is that? So, DePaul in theory. So. Those schools left because they don't play ba- they don't play football, and they were just done and tired of uh, being kind of pushed around by the, humiliated, humiliated and pushed around by the uh, the power the more powerful sport, if you will, which is football in terms of money. So they all left, and as a part of the deal, the Catholic schools, the Catholic Seven, said. Uh, all right, we'll give you X amount of money, Providence, yep. Um, they said, all right, so the two came up with a deal. Um, the teams that stayed in the Big East and the teams that left to form a new Big East. Those schools would get the Big East name, but the American Athletic Conference would retain all the intellectual property and all and all that for and plus get money uh, from the Catholic schools. So that was the split. UConn has never been good. Well, that's not true. They have been good at times in football, but they are more known for their their basketball prowess. Um, so. They are kind of left in the dust. They didn't like the way things were going, and football sucks for them right now. So they decided they're going to uh, jump ship and go back to the Big East. Um, problem is, as I mentioned earlier, the Big East does not play football. So the question is, where's football going to go? People don't know. There's a chance they may go FCS. Um, there's a chance that they could stay independent. Uh, no one's picking them up, though. Uh, they are not good enough for people for to play in a conference. No one wants them. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, they're going to be losing a significant amount of money. Signs seem to point to independent FBS. That's possible. Um, I mean, that's the most likely scenario at this point, since no one wants them. Where are you going? <laughs> I was trying to do a thing. I'm sorry. I was trying to say, like, I could lead you all the way back and come all the way around. Because the lease on their save requires them to be FES. Interesting. 
Um, right. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, you know, they are losing quite a bit of money by leaving the conference, uh, by leaving the American, because starting in 2020, uh, for the 2020-2021 season, um, American athletic teams, they're getting $7 million a year as part of a TV deal, which is significantly more than... Uh, <laughs> Let me guess, that was on RCFB. Yukon fans are, I don't want to trash talk them, but they're kind of delusional. Um, yep. Um, and they see, the program seems to have no real concept of, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, because the day after they announced that they were leaving the conference, they announced, hey, we have a new locker room, and uh, hey, we're getting new uniforms. So they're obviously kind of tone deaf, I guess you can call it. Um, concepts of reality. UConn fans are something else, and I'm sure you have to deal with them more than we have to because we just see them a couple, once a year in football and a couple times in basketball. And I don't really interact with their fans that much. You're up there in the Northeast with them. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, the big thing, I think, in terms of the impact on the American... Um, right. Yeah, the problem is they want... UConn wants their games to be nationally televised or televised in front of... Thank you for kind of reminding me all of the major points of this, BU. Pretty much just listen to him. Uh, he has a better grasp on this than I do. Um, so they have a deal with SNY... Uh, that deal would be kind of in less effect because ESPN would own the rights to most of the games um, through ESPN Plus and their family of networks. Um, what was I saying? Sorry, I'm more distracted this episode because, ooh, big shining game going on in the background. Uh, I just remember UConn blackballed Kevin Ollie because his firing was just saying his firing is just cause. I don't remember that. Um, so, but the big, the interesting thing is, at least from my perspective, as a fan of a team in the American Athletic Conference, don't catch that, um, is that the American seems to be sticking to 11 football teams. That's going to be interesting. Because right now they use a divisional system, which is uh, six teams in each. You play uh, six teams. The other five teams in your division. That's um, I've read, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Hartford is nowhere uh, <laughs> nowhere near Boston, as far as I know. My geography. It's kind of in the middle between New York and Boston, uh, which is why the Whalers had such a tough time thriving. Mm-hmm. Aside. I'm forced to engage with them a fair amount. Um, so we'll see how the the conference negotiates having an eleven having eleven teams, uh, because that would that would uh, make sure to bring hand sanitizer. That's going to requ- uh, require some creative accounting on their part. Um, Because used to be you would play the five teams in your division, then you would play half of the teams from the other division on a rotating basis. Um, but now it's uh, it's who knows how it's going to be. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm interested to see how it's going to play out. Uh, apparently, they say it's going to. Hey, look at that. <laughs> oh, and by the way, if anyone has hasn't seen FIU Stadium, it looks nothing like that it whatsoever. I don't even think FIU Stadium was built at this point. I don't it, think was. it was. Oh, it was. Okay. But it this actually looks nicer than FIU Stadium. Um. Only only way American can get away with 11 is either play full round robin or getting a waiver regarding the must play round robin within division rule. Yeah, I'm I'm confused on how that's going to work because I was talking with some people from RCFB. Yeah, it's I think it's easier to do with 13 teams. Uh, 11 is just much more difficult, I think. Um, I think SEC has gotten away with an uneven number, an odd number as well at one point. Uh, I think you told me that. But it'll be interesting to see how they pull that off. Um, Apparently they think, no, SEC did not. My friend is complete, uh, not an idiot. (laughs) Um, Hi, Freddie. Welcome for the last four minutes of the show. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Uh, we had to push things forward an hour today. Um, At least we changed it up. It was forward this time. Yeah, that's true. Um, Francisco here uh, got a last-minute call to go out of town, so he needs to get prepped. Uh, so we just pushed everything forward an hour. Um, back to what I was saying. Except Mizu. So, my friend has no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. Do do you guys have any idea how this is going to work out? In the three minutes we have remaining. Oh. It's like watching the actual football. Yeah. Apparently Charles is shooting up a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the I hear the pop pop in the background. Hey hey hey! I was playing some Spider Man, but um, <laughs> I mean UConn's just gonna kind of go for the way of the piss board Notre Dame. Their basketball is gonna thrive. You just gotta remember their men's uh, basketball is a draw, but their women's basketball is even bigger draw. So that's true. They have one of the programs that yeah. with that is just huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, so I mean, they're going to lose out on some revenue, but in today's day and age, I'm sure there's going to be a Big E streaming service the same way that there's an ACC streaming service, an SEC streaming service. So they're going to get finding a way to put money back in their pockets from any kind of television deal, ad deals, or streaming service deals. I don't really necessarily know how it's going to hurt the institution as a whole because now you can't provide other kind of sports. But in truth, if you were bad at the begin with, there's going to be a school who pays to play you. And you'll be okay getting swamped by Bama, 79 to like 2. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are... I will say the scheduling can work with 11, assuming they can get a waiver for the MVU and divisions. But it could cause a shit show if there's a tie for the winner in the 16 division against the teams that didn't play... Between the teams that didn't play each other. Yeah, I I get what they, what they want to do by, you know keeping more money for the schools, but it makes things really, really messy having an uneven number. And I will be impressed if they come up with some logical answer to this. The AI in this game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 2005. 2004. Oh. So I don't know. Again, like I said, I, I apologize for my rambling and incoherentness, but I'm not. I'm getting used to the idea of playing a game and chatting at the same time. Yeah, it's got. Well, our venue isn't the best for it, to be honest. But. I think we'll get better. Um, okay, so we're at seven fifty-nine. Yeah, so I guess we'll say our, our goodbyes. That mean, we're at eight o'clock. You know what that means. Time for non-sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thanks for bearing with us, guys, on this one. Uh, we will work out the kinks hopefully next week. Um, and hopefully actually, next week we're... I'll be in Orlando, but I will be back Tuesday night. So hopefully I'll be here in time for the show. If not, we'll just push it to another day like we always do. Mm-hmm. I won't be here for the 4th of July. Are you going out of town? Yeah, yeah. Cool. It's 4th of July. That's true. I don't think people will watch our show. (laughs) (laughs) As much as BU and Freddie and those guys love us, uh, I don't think they'll they'll take the time off. Right. (laughs) But from family and friends and barbecue especially. Yeah. Uh, There's nothing more American than us, you guys. Yes. That's true. (laughs) Even though our biggest audience is from Russia. Yes. (laughs) According to our numbers. (laughs) Thank you, Russia. Russia loves us. We love you. <laughs> okay. Alright, and with that, I guess it's time for us to go. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's the end of our 30th episode. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for watching. Say goodbye, Charles. Don't commit crimes, anybody. I don't want you guys to reach out to us for a breaking law and need legal advice. <laughs> Although we do know a lot of people that were our criminal lawyers, but they won't be able to help you because they're in Florida. And you're out of state, and they're not li- licensed to practice there. Yeah. All right. So, good night, everybody. Adios.